Reaching Tax Flow podcast, where the goal is to empower and educate you to legally and ethically minimize taxes paid over your lifetime. Welcome back, everybody. Episode 69 today, we are going to dive headfirst into gambling and taxes. But before we do that, why don't accountants like to gamble during tax season? Well, because they don't want to risk losing their assets. Enough of the corny jokes. Let's take a moment, as always, and thank our sponsor on this episode. This podcast is sponsored by Reps Tracker. Are you a real estate investor who is bogged down with a huge tax burden? Real estate investing can open the door to powerful tax benefits. Reps Tracker can streamline the process of accelerating these tax benefits. To take advantage of a special TTF community discount, go to www.repstracker.com slash affiliate slash teaching tax flow and use the code IFG. You can look in our show notes or email us at hello at teachingtaxflow.com. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Teaching Tax Flow podcast. We know you're here because you like to bet on yourself, bet on your success, but did you know that some forms of gambling are actually beneficial in a sense, or losses, wins obviously are too, when it comes tax time. So Chris Picuro, welcome back to the party, my brother. Let's talk about this topic today, shall we? Great to be back, and it's Super Bowl week, John. I know you're not a big football fan, but... There's a rare instance that you got interested in football because the Detroit Lions came very close to making the Super Bowl. It actually piqued John Trapolsky's interest, and there was actually sports watched other than Detroit Red Wing hockey in your household. I bet. And you know what? That that's a you know I'm glad you let in with that. So let let's talk about that for a second. So yes. I am not a football fan, and not because I don't like it, just because obviously I've been in hockey forever. But yes, I was a Lions fan for a couple weeks there, which I'm one of the I'm one of those guys that hopped on the bandwagon, which then proceeded to pique my interest in FanDuo. So I got on there, and man, I've never lost two hundred dollars so quick in my life. I thought I thought I had a good thing going for me, you know, going to the beginning of the game, and then pff, out they go. So that being said. How in the world does this actually relate to taxes? People are probably wondering, like, oh, wow, is this, a, is this a gambling or a sports show now? What in the world's going on? And, Chris, I remember we talked about this briefly. I mean, this might have been a year ago. Um, you brought up the topic, and it was almost like, hey, John, did you know? And I seriously sit there and shook my head for a minute. I'm like, what in the world are you talking about? Like, how are these two correlated to each other? So I would I would wager a bet. Here we go with that again that probably 99.45% of people have no clue what we're about to tell them. Does that sound, sound about right? What do you think? Upper, upper. Well, I would take, I, you know what, John? I would take the, I would take the under on this bet. And I bet more than 5% of people are know about gambling. And, but we're here to talk about since it is Super Bowl week, congratulations to the Kansas City Chiefs and the 49ers. Gonna be a should be a boo boo from Detroit. Boo from Detroit. There we go. I, we need a soundboard when we do this show, by the way. Yeah, you've got to develop that. That it is the most wagered on sporting event, single day sporting event of the year. Um, I I'm on 99% sure. Get another gamble by saying this on a podcast. 
I know we have the NCAA tournament as a longer event, and you've got the Kentucky Derby. But it's interesting because there's a couple different factors that have really moved gambling into the forefront of tax. Um, it's such a big issue that I'm very fortunate to be an instructor for the National Association of Tax Professionals, so I get to go um, travel a little bit in the fall and teach other tax pros of, about tax updates, tax season updates and such. And one of the topics we discussed was gambling winnings and losses and how you handle it on your tax return. So now that we are so... Uh, gambling is so mainstream. You know, it used to be you'd go to the casino in Vegas or you'd fly down to Mississippi or or something like that where gambling was done in person. Many, many states allow online wagering and app-based wagering. So just like yourself, you got bit by the bug. You went onto an app and legally wagered and probably lost. We're going to talk about your situation in a moment uh, on a sporting event. So now with all of that going on, so the, le- the legality of online wagering and the advanced reporting that's going to be coming down in 1099s and, and that sort of stuff down the road, that's why it's important to understand that the gambling income needs to be reported on your tax return. And it could be something super innocent like, oh, I, you know, I was in, uh, I'm not going to name any, uh, name any of the apps because they, sh- they should be a sponsor for naming them. But I was at XYZ app. I played a daily fantasy football uh, contest and I won two thousand bucks. I, I, let's say that person prepares their own return or they go and have it professionally done, and they honestly forgot that they won that money. They might have won it in January, Feb, first week of February, and it's over a year later. And they now, Andrew Pujols is probably snickering somewhere listening to this, might get an IRS notice because. That's going to get reported to the IRS, and the IRS is, at some point as they ramp up their enforcement is going to say, hmm, you didn't report these winnings. So let's talk about the, the basics of, of gambling uh, winnings, losing, and where we're, what we're going to do on your tax return to report them. So we're going to start by just identifying your common types of gambling, either in person or online, and those are going to be, and we're not limited to, uh, bingo, lotteries, blackjack, poker, card games like this, dice games. Now, John, this isn't you shooting dice uh, in the mean streets of Chelsea. I know you'd love to do that. You got a little posse together, but these are games like roulette. We get a little get a little rough out here, man. You know, if we did that here here in our town, it would be probably four guys. I would say from 19 years old to 65, a couple couple head of cattle, a couple chickens, maybe a llama here or there. It'd be, it'd be a very interesting game. Well, good segue because we're going to talk about non-cash winnings. So if you do win that llama, we'll, we'll discuss that at the end of the show. Um, so like I said, slot machines. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, now we're, now we're, betting on, we're betting on livestock here, folks. We are betting on livestock. Something called paramutual betting. Oh, what's that? Well, horse and dog racing. You can actually wager on the results of an election. These are real things. Um, so esports betting. I mean, there is a lot of different aspects of gambling. And you could even, 
when real currency or virtual or in-game currency like points and coins and credits and and just a little tidbit, if you do win virtual currency, as long as that virtual currency stays in the game, the the IRS has ruled that that is not that is not um, gambling activity. So, for instance, if you play XYZ video game and you accumulate a crap load of virtual currency, as long as it stays in the game and it can't be monetized, then it's not considered uh, virtual currency. But so any type of gambling winnings, either here in the United States or even offshore, is taxable for U.S. residents. So first thing we need to understand in our basics of gambling, Dyrus considers all gambling winnings as taxable. John, your dice game, I hate to break it to you, regardless of if they come from legal or illegal gambling activities. So if you're talking to your cousin Guido, and he's booking your your um, <laughs> your bets on a napkin with a coffee stain. That is, although illegal, that is gambling. And if you win, you should be reporting that on your tax return. I'm sure Guido wouldn't like it. You know, he's a pretty uh, pretty established street bookie. You know, so if uh, yeah, he might get he might get popped here. You never know. I mean, he is uh, you know, giving out llamas at the end of the day. So. That could be a, exactly so. That could be a big problem. But any type of gambling, any type of gambling winnings is taxable. Again, illegal or legal, and that is on worldwide gambling. So if you, John, you, I know you live in, and we used to, we both grew up right outside of Detroit, um, 20, 25 minute drive before you, before it was a pain to go through customs to get to Canada. So Windsor, Ontario. And I like to go to the Sarnia, Ontario casino back in the day because there are less people. Um, even if I went to Sarnia and won $1,000 Canadian, that would be taxable in the United States based on whatever the exchange rate was that day. I would have to report that on my U.S. tax return. I would get a credit if I had to pay any Canadian tax. But the point is, worldwide gambling winnings are, for U.S. tax resident are taxable. Now those those foreign tax credits still apply. So, so here's a question for you, actually, Chris. So for those of those of our friends that are out there, those that are listening, right? So say you do go to a casino wherever wherever you partake in your gambling. Is this one of those scenarios where, you know, like us that are self employed or, or somebody that receives a 1099, right? You kind of sit there twiddling your thumbs at the beginning of the year, waiting for that to come in. I mean, is this something that you literally just, you know, create, you know, keep your tabs on and say, Hey, time for me to complete my taxes uh, or file my taxes. Here's the number. Let's pop it in the form and go that way. Or is it something that you almost have to wait for the casino or wherever to issue you um, a document to then take to your tax professional? How, do, how does that work? Is this something, basically what I'm getting at is come tax time, Whose ball or whose court is the ball in when it comes time to file this specifically? Great question. So if it's your responsibility to report all your gambling winnings, okay, so we know that regardless if you get a 1099 or not, most in most gambling winning are reported on a form W2G. The G stands for gambling. Well, I thought it was Guido. I thought it was W2 Guido. I don't think Guido's issuing 1099s. Although I, I bet if you don't pay him, he's gonna he's gonna issue you a pair of uh, uh, a pair of, a pair of cement shoes 
that's how you know we both grew up in like the metro detroit area right like we always make these mafia references and i mean here we are i mean we didn't know we were both going to say concrete or cement shoes and here we go but anyways i rest my case right so typically typically what's going to happen is you will you will be issued so any type of winnings generally any winnings that are six hundred dollars or more from one gambling activity the the payer or the casino or the will issue you a form w2g now depending on now some states require the the casino let's say you go to mississippi john and you hit a slot or a yeah slot machine for two thousand bucks what happens is someone comes over they take your slip they take you back to the office you feel like you're at the finance manager of a of an auto dealership's office or no, i should say the you know the, the person that's going to sell you that extended warranty right and um we've all been there and then they're going to get your information. They're going to need your social security number and they're going to issue that W2G because if it's over $600, they're required by the IRS to issue that to the IRS. And at that point, you can have tax withholding from it. Some states require you if you're a non-resident. So if Mississippi is like, this bozo is from Michigan, he's never going to report this $2,000 worth of income in the state of Mississippi. We're going to withhold Mississippi tax on that W2. And now you will have to file a Mississippi state tax return to try to get some of that withholding back. Now, in your case, you're a Michigan resident, so you'd actually get a credit on Michigan for the Mississippi state tax paid. The point is, in general, most W-2Gs are issued on the spot when you're there, when you're at the casino. Now, online gambling, so if you use your favorite app, they're not going to issue you a W-2G every time you win over $600. You're, they're going to most likely issue you a form at the end of the year, or you're going to need to go back and export or download all of your activity. So that comes down to record keeping. And actually on that too, speaking of record keeping, we uh, we did talk about that in a previous episode too, which I think is important to mention here before we forget, is that anything that's issued via email, right? It's That's a big thing. So really watch your subject lines. I mean, I've seen a couple come across my desk this year already, and you know they're doing a much better job of really capitalizing and emphasizing what is in that email and it's not junk mail. So they're sending those, watch it. It's very important. It's very important. So the so the thing is sometimes people come in with a stack of W2Gs to their tax preparer. My best advice is if you're in a situation and in this is you know this is common to some where someone is an avid gambler. Now there are special rules that go beyond this podcast. When gambling gets goes from a recreational activity to an actual business-related activity, and you would move the reporting off to what's called a Schedule C. That's very, very rare, um, but that could happen. But let's say someone has a, 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 a just a ton of um, gambling income, so. They're not a professional gambler. It's very rare some you know someone is a professional gambler versus a regular or casual, a recreational or casual gambler according to the IRS. And um, but let's assume you're a recreational gambler. You might be a casino junkie. You might just that you that's what you like to do, and you might not have all your W two Gs for the year. It's at that point we would recommend someone. And we do have we we do have someone in the teaching tax flow community that can help you out. We do have, we do have, we, at that point, we recommend you actually pull your IRS transcripts. 
What that means is that when that W-2 is issued to you by the casino, a copy goes typically electronically to the IRS. So if it's a, so, you know, it, when it's time for tax preparation, if you if you're uncertain if you have all your all the W-2Gs, you can pull your transcript and it'll lay out all of your W-2Gs for you. So basically, it gives you your roadmap. In a sense, it does give you a roadmap. Balances. But let's jump to record keeping. Proper record keeping is essential when you're dealing with gambling income and deductions um, because we're going to go back to record keeping. Remember I said gambling income? I know we're talking to the federal level. It's considered taxable. You can deduct your gambling losses up to the amount of gambling wins if you itemize your deduction on the federal return. So you can offset your winnings with losses, but you can't deduct more losses than you report in wins. All right, so if you won, John, you know, 10,000 bucks, and because you're, because you're, you're, you were on a bender in Vegas, you threw it all back in the casino, the slots, and you lost 10 grand, you would have to report $10,000 of income on the federal return, and if you itemize, you deduct $10,000. The trouble is, Oh, there are a lot of um, there are a lot of tax credits and calculations, and even state tax assessed on your adjusted gross income, meaning your versus your net versus your taxable income. So you actually could be paying. Doesn't mean you're going to get those deductions for the gambling losses on your state tax return. So, gambling losses are is a common, the most common question is can I deduct my losses? Because everyone talks like that, right? Right, right. And also too, and you did you did mention something really good too that I do want to emphasize again, just like the subject line of the emails is you mentioned only, right, only if you itemize your deductions. This is an option, right? We did a whole podcast on that earlier too. So, and that was, if if you're interested in that one, great show. I'll put the link actually in um, in the show notes here as well. We reference a lot of cool things like, hey, you know, should I make a donation to Goodwill, Salvation Army, or should I garage sale this, et cetera? Great. Right. Just wanted to touch on that again too. So what, what record keeping is required? Now there's some apps out there. I, you know, there's, there's some people that do not like to get a casino club card or any type of, you know, if they go into their favorite casino, a card that tracks their, their ins and outs. Uh, the advantage is you have a built-in bookkeeping system there, right? Um, uh, and, and you might end up, you know, buying yourself a $300, uh, hamburger, right? Hey, you, you know, you lost 300 bucks, but we're going to give you a $20 credit to to the restaurant and you can't use it on alcohol so go get yourself an overpriced hamburger but for record keeping you have to have the proper record keeping to deduct those losses so that means that you're including what type of activity you're you're engaged in the date location amount won and lost and supporting documents like receipts or tickets you will need these in case of an irs audit now it goes beyond the scope of this podcast but if you are an avid slot player there are special rules when you're dealing with reporting slot activity. Um, when you're when in what is considered a quote unquote session. So again, that that in, in, is, if you are an avid slot player and you're confused about those special rules, please jump into our private Facebook group, Defeating Taxes, and we're going to happily guide you in the right direction. Um, so definitely keep those records. What is my tax rate on gambling? It's whatever your marginal tax rate is. Okay. So, but be careful. I mean, I've seen situations where someone has a modest, um, you know, modest pension of 12,000 a year. They get social security. So none of them have no taxable income. Their social security is not taxable. 
and they're under the the threat the their twelve thousand dollars of of income is not taxable because they're under the standard deduction. They had a forty thousand dollar pot. Now guess what happens? That forty grand's taxable, and a good portion of their social security is taxable. So their marginal tax rate is actually high. So marginal tax rate is what you're paying tax on for your gambling uh, winnings. Now, state tax, state and local tax. In addition to federal taxes, you might owe state and local tax on the gambling winnings. And that depends on where you won the money and what state you reside in. So John is a Michigan resident. You have the honor of paying state of Michigan tax on all of your income. Even if you bozoed around and went down to, ah, let's put you in, let's put you in Missouri, right? Because they have a state tax. You go to the riverboat there, you hit a $3,000 slot, you owe Michigan tax on that. And Missouri will say you owe us tax on that too. But remember, as I said before, you're not going to get double taxed. You'll get a credit in Michigan for whatever Missouri tax that you pay. And is every, Chris, is every state? Um, kind of have that, I don't know the term specifically, but almost a, an agreement or an alliance with that. Is that all 50 states that allow for that? Off the top of my head, I, I'm not going to say for sure. I don't think all 50 states have the state tax credit, but the vast, it's, it's, one of those, it's very, very rare that a state doesn't have uh, a credit for tax paid in another another state if you're a resident. Makes, so. sense. Makes sense. And then even for our states, um, and again, a question I don't know the answer to, so even so, we're talking about state tax, right? So, do you guys have casinos in Tennessee as well, or are you guys a casino-free state? We do not have casinos. Uh, we have, uh, you know, in, in the bordering states. I mean, as you know, John, I'm I'm about an hour drive to Kentucky. Our Alabama doesn't have it. Maybe an hour and a half if I went northwest to Indiana. Um, but we don't have casinos. We do have legal gambling on apps. So online, yeah. Computer and online game one. Gotcha, gotcha. And I was wondering too with that one. I, I wonder if um. So say you're say you're playing in say there is a casino in a state, say without state tax. If there are any of that, well, actually, yeah, there's a couple I can think of. So say you're playing it there. You're at a casino. Being that there's no state tax, um, and I'm totally throwing you out on the spot when I do not expect you to know the answer to this one. If you do, awesome. If if not, totally fine. I wonder would those casinos still issue that. Was it a W nine or a W nine G? Is that what that was? Would they issue that on the spot, or are they kind of like, "All right, guy, you're you're on your own. You deal with the with the feds." Well, typically, what's going to happen is the W two G is it's a federal tax form, so or that's going to be required. So let's say you go to Vegas and you hit a slot. What's going to happen is you're going to get a W two G. The fund, the fed, you're, the, it's going to be reported to the IRS. It's at that point you can determine if you want to have tax withholding or you're going to voluntarily pay tax in the future. And it's at that point you they ask what res, where your residence is because they're, they're going to need your ID, your social security number. And they probably send that to the state of Michigan. Now, and you're required to pay tax in the state of Michigan as a Michigan resident on that. I can't, you know, I, I, I don't know how aggressive the state of Michigan is in actually following up with that. I would say 99.9% of the time, you're going to pay tax on it because what happens is you're taking your adjusted gross income from the federal side and you're moving that on your state tax return. And then you would have to um, you would have to reduce that income. But there's no way to reduce that income if you're a non-resident. If you get issued one of those at a casino, if you're having a good old time 
and they keep giving you liquid courage, it's not an extra bar napkin that they've <laughs> that they've probably given you if they print it out for you. Make sure you hold on to that thing, right? And I have one more thing to close on because you mentioned it, non-cash winnings. So if you receive a non-cash prize from gambling or even a game show or a radio show, like you win a trip to the Super Bowl, not to pour salt in your wounds, John, such as a car, vacation package, or other goods, the fair market value is considered taxable income and must be reported to the IRS. And that's based on the retail value of the prize. So if you win a car at a casino, a you will pay tax on whatever the fair market value of that car is. If you, So you could either sell the car, I guess, or keep it. I mean, still a good deal. I'll take the car. But that, so if it's a llama or whatever the heck you have going on in Chelsea, you will pay tax on the fair market value of that. You know what? And this brings up a, another one of my harebrained questions, right? Harebrained ideas. So I've seen those ads that have been out there, right? It says, hey, you know, we're, we're going to give you, um, we're going to give you a vehicle, a seven day cruise with all expenses and taxes paid. So technically, with them saying that, by them paying the taxes, is that payment on your taxes actually taxable? No, I think I think what that means is they're paying all of the t- the travel taxes, the occupancy taxes, just like when you go to a hotel or rent a vehicle. It's still taxable income uh, unless they take the value of that trip and then are so generous as to figure out how much your taxes on your federal return and mail that in, which I think would be very rare. That makes sense. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah, I told you it was a harebrained question, harebrained idea, but hey, it makes sense. Taxes, taxes are taxes, and taxes are not all taxes. So that being said, Chris, you give us a good roadmap, a good layout for what people can expect. So now, going into the Super Bowl, hopefully everybody that is listening to this can think, you know, is it really worth betting on it? How confident are you in your answer? You know, how much do you want to pay in tax? So that being the case too, if you do happen to strike it big and nobody wins the Super Bowl because the Lions aren't at it, we're just going to say nobody's going to win. Game doesn't exist. Um, think about that. So there, there's that impact, right? Come tax time. So it's not just free money. You're not walking around with a bag of, a bag of Bitcoin a proverbial bag of Bitcoin or a bunch of quarters from uh, from Guido, from Guido. <laughs> just Giuseppe sitting on the corner. So think about that. Everything you do financially does impact your taxes in some way, shape, or another. And here at or here at Teaching Taxable and also on Defeating Taxes, our private Facebook group, as Chris always likes to say, our mission is actually Chris. Why don't you go ahead and say what our our overall mission is here? at TTF. What are we trying to do for everybody? We are trying to legally and ethically reduce the tax you pay in your lifetime. Enjoy the Super Bowl. And John, I'm going to take it away this time. Do it up, man. We look forward to seeing you the same time, the same place next week. Very good, sir. Very good, sir. Thank you, everybody, for hanging out with us once again this week on the episode of the Teaching Tax Flow podcast. Chris actually wrapped it up for us this week. A little bit of change. I'm all about change. But I don't like to lose change, pocket change, at the casino. Or, I should say, 
betting against the Lions in the Super Bowl. So clearly I'm still a little sour about that. We'll leave that one as it is. But if you are going to partake in those gambling efforts, we can call them this week, now you know what to do with it. Win or lose, you know what the outcome is going to be on your taxes and how that affects it. So as promised as well, no more corny jokes. We started off with one. We're not going to wrap up with one. So I am going to shut my mouth let you get guys get down to it. A couple more days this week before the big game coming up on Sunday. Enjoy it. But the friendly reminder, we don't refer to it as tax season around here because tax planning consists of every day on the calendar. So consider that as all your friends are freaking out, running around rampant, saying, oh my gosh, I have until April 15th or so this year. I got to get my taxes in, got to get my taxes in. You sit back and maybe relax a little bit. Kick your feet up, but also don't delay too much on planning. So any questions on that tax planning or preparation, give us a jingle, shoot us a message on Facebook, LinkedIn, on the website, email, however you prefer. Drop us a line. We're here to help. And we'll see everybody next week. The content provided is for educational purposes only. We encourage you to seek personalized investment advice from your financial professional. For all tax and legal advice, please consult your CPA or attorney. Investment advisory services are offered through Cabin Advisors, a registered investment advisor. Securities are offered through Cabin Securities, a registered broker-dealer. The content of this podcast does not constitute an offer of securities. Offerings can only be made through an offering memorandum, and you should carefully examine the risk factors and other information contained in the memorandum.